Welcome to Vacation Station, hosted by Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazines.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's third Friday Travel Writers Panel Discussion with the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. They are a great organization that connects writers and photographers and journalists with destinations and people in the tour operations, like tour operators. Um, you could be a winemaker, winery, a chef, a restaurant. Everybody belongs together. And if you're not a member, you should go. Go to ifwtwa.org and check it out. We love this show because we love to get travel writers together to talk about different destinations, where they've been. We want the scoop because they travel the world and they travel across the country. And you know what? They go to places we may never, you know, ever thought of going. And today we're focusing on outdoor destinations. And as many of you know, Nancy and I travel full time on our Love Your Parks tour across the country, uh, documenting parks and public lands. So this is fantastic. And June is uh, the great outdoors month. So we're keeping in theme. Let's see if we can stay on track on this show. Who knows? I want to welcome Julie D. Suman back on the show. Julie was on our show last year talking about an amazing Kenilworth Gardens. Isn't that right, Julie? Am I yes. getting Kenilworth? Yeah, yes. you got it right. We had a lot of fun uh, last year, and Kenilworth Gardens is still worth visiting. You know, I still need to get there. Nancy and I still, we have not made it, but we'll get there. We're, we uh, did more of will. Maryland. We did get to more of Maryland this year. You'd be proud. Sure. We've started to understand the Chesapeake Bay region. Um, uh, we went to some state parks. Uh, we went all over by um, Queenstown, that oh, area. Yeah. Very beautiful. Lovely. That part of uh, uh, the, near the Chesapeake, it's lovely. Yeah, and we were on the Wye River or the River Wye and watched ospreys take care of their babies and they were nesting and yeah, that whole area is gorgeous. And then we yeah, went down to Virginia. Yeah, so you you live in a beautiful area. You really do. Yeah, I feel lucky. I'm, I'm quite happy about it. I'm sure that uh, Kat, who will talk later today, will also have some great things to say about her side of the, the, the world. But yeah, I do like being near the Chesapeake Bay for sure. I love it. So what's so cool about it is that you guys are indirect opposite destined areas and we're going to be talking about opposite areas on the show today so i want to bring cat on and cat likes coffee she likes to wear mascara you can find <laughs> her at coffeeandmascara.org uh katherine anderson welcome to the show how are you thank you thank you i'm great you know i mean coffee and mascara those are the two things that any avid traveler needs coffee makes you awake Mascara leaks, you look awake when you're not really awake. Yeah, I so, think that's anyone a good who's one. taking a red eye flight, we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And we do need coffee. It's like the one thing, it's like I'm already reaching for it no matter where I'm waking up. I'm like, where is it? It needs yes. to be there. It should be it right does. there. It's just, we want it instantly. But you're in Vancouver, in British Columbia, Vancouver, yes, not yes, Washington State, just to make sure. And from the photos and the links you've sent me on your website, it seems like you are in like, this beautiful urban setting that has a bunch of nature. So it's got this really good balance. It does. The one crazy thing about Vancouver is, I mean, I live downtown Vancouver in the city, but I'm also staring at the ocean and Stanley Park, the forest right now. So right out the doorstep of downtown Vancouver, you've got the beaches and the mountains, which is amazing. Wow. I love it. And Julie, you're in your Maryland area, but Today, your destination, you're going to be talking about Gulf Shores. Uh, this is a national seashore, Gulf Islands. Yes, national. yes. Gulf Islands National Seashore. Yes, it's, um, it is actually the largest um, protected national seashore in the U.S. down in outside of Pensacola, um, Florida. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, my trip to down south uh, from this past spring. Now, I used to live in Pensacola, old stomping grounds. Mm -hmm. Yep. I had a good time and we've been, we've spent it. Actually, we've been out that way um, a couple times over the last few years, not all the way into Pensacola, which I miss. I love Pensacola and the Seville quarter. Did you go to the Seville quarter? 
This is yes, an important we did, question. Yeah, we spent some time downtown, um, and, and uh, that was one of the things that fascinated me about Pensacola, in addition to all of the outdoor activities, is they have a fantastic quality of life downtown. There's so much to, to see, so much history um, mm -hmm. as well. Um, you know, exploring uh, the, 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 uh, the Museum of Art, as well as some of the you know, historic centers where um, you can learn about the the Spanish and the French and all of the other flags that flew over the that city, all of, all of their influences in, in, in the town. It's great. A lot of stuff went down in Pensacola. I mean, it, it's it's a coastal city, but it's also a mil military region as well. Um, yes, it, yeah. And the, um, the Blue Angels have a big presence there, the Navy, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's something I think when we talk about outdoor destinations, a lot of people don't realize. And as we do national parks and everything and state parks, most of the time, if you're in an outdoor area, you're going to find history there too. And mm -hmm. is that something you would say, Kat, for Vancouver? Well, it's funny too? to bring up the word history. I mean, my country, Canada, is, you know, not, we're not even 200 years old, right? <laughs> so our history, we have an indigenous history. Um, that's, yeah, Stanley that's Park does have the totem poles which yeah. you only see in Alaska and Vancouver. They're not everywhere in the world. So we, we do definitely have history. It's a different type of history. Uh, we also have an area of Vancouver that's quite haunted. So we do have a little bit of a- Now we like history. that. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yeah. we like the haunted history. That is awesome. Yeah. You know, before we get into the different destinations, I want to kind of back up and, and just kind of get people to know who you are as, as travel writers. So Julie, I know you do a lot of national park travel and what's what's your Facebook for everybody to follow your adventures? Sure, in my Facebook page is C by Julie D. So that's S-E-E -E by Julie D-E-E. -E. Okay, so, she's got yeah. it. I, yeah. I just know you from like seeing you all the time. I'm like, there she is on <laughs> Instagram too. I love following you on Instagram Thank too. you. And I have to take a moment to give props to Kat for teaching me some of my Instagram skills. So she is an awesome resource to uh, to learn from. Well, she's got the marketing background, right? So this yeah, is, but this is this is part of why Iftwa is so cool, is writers helping each other, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. that's part of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're all we don't in. gatekeep. We're here to help, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's about tourism. At the end of the day, is getting people to destinations. And helping people and helping the communities. It's the messenger service. I love that. I love that. But Julie, it seems that you do a lot of parks. I mean, I'm always following like, look, she's there. I've been there. Oh, I haven't been there yet. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm I mean, jealous. Yeah, I mean, it, I love to be outside. You know, nature is healing to me. And um, I'm becoming, I'd say I'm an amateur birder. And so I'm, I'm learning learning how to, to not only photograph, but start to try to identify birds. And I take whatever opportunity I can to do that, especially in the, the Baltimore area and the, you know, the mm -hmm. Delmarva Peninsula, Delaware, Virginia, and Maryland. We have a lot of opportunities to get out and, and, and do that. Um, and that was one of the things that took me to Pensacola was to, to get a chance to go and um, be there during the spring migration and check out some of the, the birds that were uh, passing through on their way from the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, I love that. And, and you're getting the coastal birds too. So it's, you know, that's what's yeah. interesting as well. Cause you also have the inland and I don't think people realize that that area is really green with forests. You get forest and beach. Yeah. And you also have the big giant live oak trees. You know, there were mm -hmm. times when I felt like I might've been in like Savannah or something with these, you know, gigantic oaks too. So it's, it's definitely an interesting, um, you know, area from a, from a landscape standpoint. I love that. And you talk about the healing part of nature. Is that part of what led you to be a travel writer is to write those things for others? You know, that's a good question, actually. Um, you know, I definitely like to educate. I think I have, I come from an educating, you know, background mm -hmm. with in my family and it's a good, I, it's a good opportunity to share my experience and, and help to inform others about, the history or the wildlife of an area. Um, I've also had a love of photography and I mm. kind of came into writing via my photography. Um, I 
found it as a way to help get some of my um, my photographs published, and that's what really you know started my journey into to travel writing as well. Mm. Interesting, and and I want to go back over to you, Kat. Um, tell us a little bit about you getting into this because I was reading, you know, that you know we talk about a healing sense of going outside that that really is part of your journey as becoming a writer, but also like a self journey of healing and fitness. And now I feel I need to come to a boot camp with Kat. I'm just <laughs> saying I travel through parks and everything, but being on the road full time is maybe not always the healthiest thing. <laughs> a lot of people do struggle with that. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. My travel writing definitely does have a wellness angle to it for sure. Um, early on in my life, my dad was, he was a teacher and a vice principal, but he also did a little travel writing on the side. So I grew up with a family that traveled from day one. So I feel really blessed oh. that I got exposed to travel at an early age, but because my dad wrote a column for our local newspaper, I got to see, Hey, wait a minute. Did he get that cruise? Because he writes the article and the wheels started turning for me at a really early age. And then, well, my father passed away when I was 21 and that devastated my entire life. And it was through travel and fitness that I bounced back and sort of found myself again. So for me, absolutely nature is my healer. If I'm having an off day, I feel very blessed to have Stanley Park right outside my front door. It's amazing what a half an hour of breathing in fresh forest air can do for a person. For me, it's definitely very healing for sure. And then what about being active in these outdoor areas? Doesn't that kind of help too? Because you've got that healing quality. A lot of times the air is cleaner, um, but actually moving when, yeah. when you go through grief. And I was reading that on, on your site too. Grief is a really hard thing. And if you just sit with it, it just doesn't. Uh, uh. Grief is a beast is it what sucks. I like. There are, there's different stages and we all yeah. do it differently and there's no right or wrong way. Everyone grieves in different ways and it's all okay. For me, there were days where I wanted to ignore the world. So I would go out and I would go hiking. And one of my friends was like, nope, we're going to go for a hike and we're not going to talk. We're just going to hike and we're going to enjoy nature. And then there's other days where I needed to talk and I needed to sit mm -hmm. or I needed to go for a swim and a cry. Right. Mm -hmm. But in all of those ways, just being out in nature was a way for me to, to reconnect and find myself again. Mm. Yeah, I'm I am very active you, in the outdoors. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it really is. I think you can't, like, if you're mad at something or somebody and you take a walk in nature, you can't stay angry that long. You, you know? can't, because you realize how small you are. I mean, in this universe, I mean, for me, I look up, we've got some of the tallest trees in the world here. And I'm like, okay, you know, at the end of the day, is what I'm mad about really a big deal? Am I still? See, you are Canadian. You said at minutes. the end of the day. You said at the end of the day. That is so Canadian. That is, I love that. I love that. At the end of Have the I day. Have I said eight yet? Have I dropped? No, I don't know. But you, you haven't done pitter patter. Let's get at her yet. So I. I no, that's I'm, not one of my things. <laughs> okay, that's a letter Kenny thing. Don't watch that. Yeah. <laughs> But, but no, but nature Julie does remind you of how small you are in this yeah, big universe. It puts things in perspective. That, that's what I was thinking with, with bird watching, Julie, that really, it amazes me when like right now, just before this, I am helping a baby bird that knocked into a window, baby Aww. Oriole, like seriously, like, Aww. I'm like, that's very good and <laughs> I saw a rose-breasted grosbeak today and I've never seen one. And I oh. like flipped out, like, you no, know, it like flipped out because they're so beautiful. I actually thought it was yeah. a trogan. That shows that I was, I'm from Arizona. <laughs> I'm like, and then I'm like, they don't have them here. But um, there is something about understanding like these small birds, right? Going all the way to the big trees, like the sequoias or the yeah. big trees that you have in your backyard, Kat. Mm -hmm. The tiniest of things to little, yeah. little insects like ladybugs all the way. When you film and photograph and write, and you start to watch the birds, because you can't just take a photo. You have to kind of sit it sit to capture that right yeah then you start to realize how everything's connected yeah no you really have to tune in like you you know you're you're listening for the sounds you're you know you're you're looking for um little signs that the the bird might be in that area um following the weather even um can you know help you try to figure out where the where the birds are going to be um and you know speak 
speaking of wellness, I actually read an article a few weeks ago how birding can actually link to improved mental health. And I think it's for some of the reasons that we just talked about. You know, you're out there, you're focusing on something else, um, and you know, just trying to take it all in. And I, I, I can see the benefits of it. And uh, you sound though, Lisa, like you might be one of those birders who has like a little list where they're trying to find uh, birds they've never seen before. No, not really. I just, you no. know what? We we travel full time, so uh, I forget where we are. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like suddenly. I'm used to like a hooded oriole and then there's Baltimore Orioles here and it's like, wow, like they're intense. Like they're yeah. different. And then so everybody's seasons are a little different. So it's, I mean, America is a huge country. And North America, got to include Canada, our friends yeah, that's over right. there. Yes, you do. We got Mexico too. I used to live we in do. Mexico. We do. But it's really hard because sometimes when you see a bird real quick, like I go back to my roots of being, you know, growing up in Kenya and South Africa. So it's like, Oh, it's this and I'm like no I'm not there but then some of those birds do come here so there's this yeah. wheel that goes in my head of crazy like yeah. literally no <laughs> no 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 not crazy <laughs> all right it's, it's it's cool but yeah you know I don't do the checklist but I do I naturalist and seek okay. on your phone I love that because I know a lot of birders do like eBird and and it's part of citizen science that when mm -hmm. you're out and I think as travelers as travel writers, we have this um, thing of we're giving back and we're connecting people to places that can heal them, make them happy, helps the, the local economy, all of those great things. But there's also that other step as travelers to give back into what we're doing. And I think for those of us that are into the outdoors and nature, we get that in history, right? Mm -hmm. To give back in some way. I think most travelers are that way, but that is a way because of citizen science, it's helping all these re researchers and biologists yeah. use this data. So mm -hmm. I think that's something really cool we can all do as travelers and writers and photographers no, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. Yes, no, it appeals that. to me in uh, my, my day-to-day -day life as I'm actually, I am a scientist, so it does appeal to me in that that's sense. Right. That's right, I remember well. you are, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh yes, that's right, that's right. So Kat, yeah. for you, do you do any of those apps or you, I know you're into Instagram. She even has a whole yeah. article, everyone, on the most Instagrammable places in Vancouver. I do. I do. <laughs> um, no, I have a Stargazer app because I do. I do enjoy looking oh. for constellations, um, but I don't have one for for plants or birds or, or any of that. Oh, wow. See, I don't do the Stargazer. I have no clue. I have, you know, because yeah. I just go. Is that your anus? I didn't say that. <laughs> it is the one time say, it's appropriate to say that. <laughs> I just, whenever I have that opportunity, I can't help but take it. <laughs> I can't help. But Julie, Julie, so these apps and things, this, this is a whole other topic, but um, getting out there with birds and, and getting those photos, getting it out there, putting these articles together. You've got one on Pensacola and mm -hmm. um, everyone, everyone's articles we're talking about will be linked in the show notes. So whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or listening on Spotify, wherever it is, link, look at the link section. Um, everyone's articles will be there. But putting this all together, you know, you just went to Pensacola. Now you've got all this history. How many times you got this history, you got the nature, you got the birds, and you've got the ocean, you've got the swampy areas, you've got the forest. When you go there, are you looking, because I want to get into the travel writing section too. Sure you think, oh, I'm going to do this story. And then by the time you leave, you have 20 stories in your head? Definitely. I don't know if I have 20, but I do have more than you know one. I, mean, uh, yeah. I, you know, I went there for the birding aspect and that was, you know, a specific um, idea that I had in mind. But what I didn't appreciate or didn't know that I would learn about is like, for example, on Gulf Islands, there is um, Fort Pickens. Um, which was actually built in the, um, is it, I think it was the mid 1800s. I'm sorry, 1834. I just looked at my notes. It was built in 1834 and um, it was built by hand. It's an all brick fort and it was meant to fortify that part of Pensacola to um, protect the Naval Yard and also the assets that Pensacola had. And I didn't know the fort was there and we got to walk around and explore it and go to the Discovery Center. Um, the park rangers there were fantastic. Um, uh, the fort even has um, a part of history in terms of being a part of the Underground Railroad Network. So 
I would have never thought that I would turn into, you know, learning about the Underground Railroad Network at um, a fort. On a, yeah. yeah, on an island, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's so, interesting. You know, so that's yeah. the story to explore, as well as the other aspects of the history that I've learned going downtown in Pensacola. So, yeah, I definitely have multiple, multiple story ideas to, to pursue. I know how that happens. Does that happen to you, Kat? Definitely, absolutely. I mean, I was, I was speaking of Florida, so I was there last fall. Sadly, oh, cool. Hurricane Ian cut my trip a little bit short, mm. but we won't get into that. Um, yeah, while I was there, one of the things that we went down to um, Tarpon Springs and learned all about the sea sponge. Oh. And that for me, like being cool. in wellness, I came home and threw out every sponge and loofah in my house. <laughs> There's now sea sponges everywhere. And it's one of those things where I was like, okay, I knew Florida had beaches and I knew I was going to write about beach bars and the hotel I was staying in had no idea I was going to become so interested in sea sponges Right. And that was going to be something that I would write about as well. So you just, you honestly never know what you're going to happen across. Well, that yeah. there's something interesting with that, with the sea sponges and taking, you know, that's the thing about when we're talking about the great outdoors is getting people to go to these experiences that you have and hoping that they understand to protect these places. And, right. and what you're saying about what do we have mm -hmm. in our homes that maybe isn't really good for what's happening in the environment. So the sea sponge, that's interesting. So you got yeah. stuck on the sea sponge. I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. And did you see manatees or is that? They're kind I of did. Later. Yes. We <gasps> went kayaking and we did see two manatees, which was pretty cool. I don't think I'd ever heard of a manatee, let alone seen one until I was there, which was pretty cool. That is cool. That's yeah. epic to me. I've, yeah. I've seen manatees, not like where like as close up. Well, I've seen them close up, but not like how you see them in all the pictures and everything, just timing, mm -hmm. you know, fall, late fall, winter is really a good time because the yeah. water's lower in Florida. And it's the same thing for, you know, seeing alligator. That's my things, alligators. Okay. I'm yeah. weird. The water but. was actually so low. We beached our kayaks. So we had a really good laugh. This was me and Noreen, Julie, you love that. <laughs> we're kayaking and all of a sudden we're like, we're like, wait a minute. And we look down and we're like, oh, like our oars aren't even like, that's how shallow the water was. Oh, wow. We're doing it. <laughs> so we're laughing our heads off because we are now stuck in our kayak. We had to hop that's up, funny. move it along. <laughs> that yeah. is funny. That yeah. is funny. So yeah. when it gets over to um, Vancouver, so we're talking yeah. about tro Florida, tropical. Here's all these, you know, manatees and birds. Vancouver, the waterfront, like Vancouver is different. You've got more, you've got like the Salish uh, Sea and everything, right? We do. Yeah. What you'll see here, we do whale watching tours and I wasn't actually on a whale watching tour. I was just on the BC ferries headed over to Vancouver Island and orcas were swimming beside the ferry, which is always an amazing thing to see. It's not that common, but if you do go out on a boat anywhere in the Vancouver Harbor, you're very likely to see some sea lions or some otters like swimming alongside you. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Now, Julie, what about birds for you uh, when you were out in Pensacola? What, what kind of bird life did you see? So we saw, you know, the osprey, as you mentioned, they were, oh. you know, they were um, nesting and flying around, but we were um, able to see a lot of birds that were, you know, on their migratory path from, you know, coming across the, the Gulf of Mexico. Um, one of my favorite birds that I saw was a scarlet tanager. Um, it was oh. this beautiful red bird um, that um, I had never seen before. And it just, you know, it stood out so bright. It's even brighter than a cardinal, you know, against the, the greenery and things like that. It was, it was super cool. Um, we saw a cerulean warbler, um, blue wing warblers, orchard orioles, gray catbirds, um, red eye vireo, which I had never seen, and a white eye vireo. So, you know, all kinds of um, small birds that I had never, you know, had a chance to see before. And then even seeing pelicans to me is epic. Like, yeah, yeah. And seeing seagulls and pelicans to me are just like, oh, yes, I forgot about you, but I love you. Yeah, we went to the seagulls here in Vancouver. <laughs> oh, come on. But they're nice. I remember when we were in Anacortes last, was it last year or the year? I can't remember. When we were there, they were walking down the street, Anacortes in Washington, not far from where you are, Kat. And they're yeah. walking down the street and they're like, and I'm walking a dog and the seagull's looking at the dog going, yo, 
this is my street. Like seriously, they they took funny. ownership. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, but what mm-hmm. kind of bird life do you see? I mean, you're talking about otters, though. That's really cool having otters. Yeah, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while, I will look out my window and I will see a bald eagle fly by. That to me, I never tire of that. I think that's amazing. That's epic. From yeah. That to hummingbirds. We were up on our rooftop patio and a hummingbird flew by. So from the tiniest to the biggest predators. Um, we kind of have, you know, we've, we've got those herons we do see, um, mm-hmm. at, at Lost Lagoon at Stanley Park, obviously lots of seagulls and lots of our Canadian geese. They're the ones <laughs> that you'll be driving down the street and you'll have to stop because rush hour is the Canadian geese family, like crossing the crosswalk. Uh, <laughs> and they are not from Canada just for everybody no, to know. But... <laughs> <laughs> They're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. So, so with, with, with you having it, you keep talking about Stanley Park. So let's tell everybody about Stanley Park. Give everyone so, an overview. Sure. Stanley Park is uh, Vancouver's urban park, and it is actually bigger than Central Park in New York City. Fun fact. Hey. It's huge. Um, part of it is along the water. So it's what we call our seawall. So you can actually walk. It's about, well, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it in kilometers. So I don't know how many miles that is, you guys. All right. It's a 12 kilometer stretch where you start on one side of downtown and you walk around the perimeter of Stanley Park. That's about 20, 25 miles, I think. Yeah, I think. Oh, don't listen to me. Do not listen to me. The other way around. Don't listen to me. (laughs) Don't listen to me. Inside the park itself, there's an aquarium, there's a tea house, there's a pitch and putt golf, there's tennis courts, there's a brew pub. I mean, there's just so many things you could easily spend the entire day, if not two days, exploring the park. There's trails everywhere. And there is a lake called Beaver Lake. You guys, I have yet to see a beaver in Beaver Lake. So I'm a little disappointed there, but they are there. They do live there. <laughs> so they say. So they Legend say. Legend has it. Yeah. Legend well, has I it. I have personally seen one, but apparently. That means you just, you have to keep going back. Yeah, yeah my I timing's remember, been I remember the gardens were also, I've been to Stanley Park once. I remember the, oh, the cool. flower gardens were also just stunning. Yes. Yeah, the rose gardens, I mean, they when they bloom, they are stunning. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you have a rose garden. See, it is, yeah. June is rose month. Oh. It is national, and it's our, our American state uh, country flower, our national flowers, the rose. Oh, I didn't know. And it all came from because of the peace rose. And it was during one of the world wars and, and it has to do with France. And they brought, they saved the tea rose and brought it on a plane during all these bombings. And here we are now it's our rose. There it is. Well, look at that. That was a yeah. very short, right. terrible description of it, but there's a long history <laughs> that I wrote many years ago, but um, that it is cool though. I mean, mm. and the tea roses are beautiful too, but yeah. Um, you know, but, but listen, that's what's amazing to me is Julie is near Kenilworth, which is all these water lilies that that is something to just walk among flowers yeah. like that, the aquatic flowers. Yeah. yeah. And about a yeah. month or so, they're going to start to be in their peak. So you need yeah. to get back down here, Lisa. <laughs> I know. I'm going to put the link to Kenilworth in the show notes for people oh, to read your article from before. Because they have a festival coming up, right? I think yeah, this time it's of usually year. in July. Um, okay. Usually, I think it's the third weekend in July. They have a festival down there. Ah, see. Okay, this is cool. So that's yeah. the other part is seeing the wildflowers. So let's look at the wellness aspect. We were talking about that earlier. When you're out in a park, what do you guys think about wellness? And I want to go to you, Kat, first. Um, in regards to observation and looking at the little things in nature as being something that helps your body kind of focus, declutter, almost meditational. Do you think it helps that way? I think for sure it does. I mean, when we're having a bad day, it's like the whole world revolves around us because all we can think about is how X is going wrong, right? It's all about me. It's all about me. Of course, it's all about me. (laughs) My day is terrible. Something's gone wrong. But as soon as you go outside and you step into nature and you look at a blooming flower or you look at a leaf that has fallen on the ground or you see a little caterpillar, you realize, wait a minute. Okay. But like, is my life all that bad? It's not really, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever's going on today, this too shall pass. At the end of the day, being in nature to me, it gives me that perspective. 
that mm. I'm often lacking in the moment when I'm frustrated or when mm. I have writer's block. Writer's block is the worst because you know oh, that's, that's those it. times when you're like, I have an article I have to write and you sit at your computer and you're like, blank screen, screen of death. Um, that's when I'll go for a walk and that's when inspiration will hit just ah. because you might smell a flower, you might see a butterfly and something, you know, just sparks that inspiration that you needed because you got out of your own head and thinking that, you know, the world revolves around you when it really doesn't. <laughs> wow. Wow. I really love that. Where, where we are right now in Iowa, it's just it, like, it's like we basically are surrounded by meadow flowers and forests and, and pollen and pollen. So there you go. That's why my voice is the way it is right now. But it's yeah. beautiful and it's gorgeous and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm-hmm. But there's the driveway, there's this big crack in the driveway. And I was looking at this yesterday, taking a walk. The crack in the driveway is a, is the crack is plants with little flowers all in it. Oh. Like I was mm-hmm. thinking about that. You know, I think, I think that, um, oh, Leonard Cohen was doing, wrote something about that kind of thing where there's a crack in glass or something like that, that that's when the light comes through. Mm-hmm. And I think when we don't, get outside and walk and be in nature, we don't see the shift of um, negative to positive and right. the strength, that resilience, you know? And I think that's where Julie, when you talk about birds, birds are so resilient. When you think mm-hmm. about the migrating, does that give you kind of that extra boost of hope? Like, dude, they're flying, like they go from Canada all the way down to Mexico. Some of them yeah. go to Africa. I mean, they're not getting on a plane and going with luggage. No, no. And um, we, when I went down there, I had um, uh, two, a husband and wife couple, Brenda and Jerry, who were our guides. And um, they were explaining, you know, about the migration. And most of the birds will, they come from the Yucatan Peninsula, and they will literally fly overnight across the Gulf to um, Pensacola. And so that's one of the reasons why you get to see them because they're, they're exhausted by the time they reach that part. So they have to, you know, land to, to feed, to rest. And so that's one of the, you know, the, the things that you, you know, creates that opportunity for the, for the birding there. So, yeah, I mean, just watching their, their, their habitat and how they, you know, they're recovering and, you know, it, it takes your mind off of, you know, what we've been, you, we've mentioned that a couple of times already, but mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity for that. And I think one of the other, you know, um, benefits of of golf islands is you're near the ocean as well. For me, you know, sitting and watching the water, especially when there's waves, I think it helps, you know, with the decompression, um, Mm. gives you, I could sit there for hours and it just really helps me um, chill out because I'm, I'm, I'm not good at sitting still, but I can sit still near at the ocean. Yeah. There's that, that rhythm and, and that sand, that white sand. Oh yeah. That oh quartz sand is like, it's like sugar. It's just, it's just crystal white. Oh man. It is gorgeous out there. And I've been to different parts. Don't you have to go on a boat to get to the fort or some of the islands no, or is well, that the Alabama portion? There are four forts in the area. And the one that I mentioned, Fort Pickens is on the, um, on the across from uh, Pensacola on Pensacola Beach um, okay. that stretch there so you it's actually part it's on the end of the um, of the uh, of the island there of that barrier island so yeah you don't need you can drive to it actually but there is a ferry now that you mention it there is a Pensacola ferry that will take you from the city across to various parts of the um the gulf islands which is nice so you could you know you could be there you maybe not necessarily need a car you could take the ferry over to to gulf Mm. islands uh, as well ah so that's cool and you could do all kinds of water activities too oh yeah i mean when i was there the, the water it was a little rough but um so we didn't get to really go out and do some kayaking um, and also we were going to go on a, on a sailing trip, um, you know, and watch the sunset. Um, unfortunately the weather didn't work out for us, but those opportunities are there. They're snorkeling. Um, mm. and another thing that's fun. So the ferry that I mentioned also runs a couple of tours when the Navy's blue angels practice, um, the ferry goes out into Pensacola Bay and you can watch the, um, the blue angels, doing their flight maneuvers and uh, practicing all their their aeronautics and so it's kind of cool to be out there on the ferry and the in the bay you know watching and hearing these you know 
these jets just zoom past you. So that was, that was pretty cool. That is awesome. That is awesome. What about water in Stanley Park? Is there a place to play? Or you oh, there sure is. Yeah. Uh-huh. We have beaches in Vancouver. Now, unlike Florida, we don't have soft white sand, but <laughs> we do have sand. Um, we do have beaches. We're not known for snorkeling because our water is not crystal clear, but it's cold. I mean, it is, it is, you know what though? I swam in the ocean last Monday. So, and it actually wasn't that bad. What? Wasn't oh, that she bad. didn't need mascara and well, coffee. I didn't that. wear a wetsuit. I just swam. You we went in? Going, yeah, I went in. Yeah. I swam for like a good 15. Go, girl. We go again tonight, actually. Wow. Yeah. Right now, right now is good because the tide is out during the day. So as it comes in, like that sunset swim, when the ocean comes in, it's actually a, it's a fair bit warmer. I actually thought I'd be in and out in a quick second, but I swam for a good 15, 20 minutes last week. Nice. I'm going to try again tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Now what would you scuba diving? I will just quickly point. However, you do have to wear a very thick wetsuit or a dry suit because winter is our season for scuba diving. And trust me, you don't want to be in our oceans in February unless you are protected. (laughs) But we have octopus and all sorts of cool things you can see down there. I want to see the octopus. Now, have you scuba dived? Yes, I am um, Patty certified deep water as well as dry suit. I actually got in Vancouver with my dry suit. Tell people the difference about this. We have a friend, Lee Brovadani. She's from Canada, Nova Scotia area. Yeah. Um, well, that's where she's going. But she she does this dry this dry diving thing, and she's interested. She travels the world diving. Yeah. And it's it's different. So explain it's that so for different. folks that don't, who don't know. So basically, if you're gonna go scuba diving in a dry suit, you're gonna get dressed like you're gonna go skiing. No joke. You're gonna put on your warm clothes. Then you're gonna put on this dry suit. And when you go into the water, it's the craziest thing because you don't get wet. I mean, your, your face obviously is, is going to get wet, but the rest of you stays dry and you stay a lot warmer. So you can actually go into, I mean, I was a hundred, hundred feet down in our ocean here in Vancouver, which I don't care what month it is hundred feet down in any ocean is going to be cold. Um, but you don't feel it because you're dressed warmly and you're in the dry suit. Buoyancy is very different. So there is definitely a certification process for it because you got to kind of wait yourself to stay down. But the craziest part is when you come out of the water and you take the suit off, you're like, wait, I'm dry. Mm. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. But it's, it's really the only way to see the cool stuff that's far down. And we do have a shipwreck in Vancouver at Porto Cove. You can see this kind of stuff because you've got a dry suit. So you don't get hypothermia. <laughs> see, but this, this is the thing about the outdoors. A lot of times we're used to hiking paths, scenic drives, cycling, horse riding. But it's about getting out on the water, maybe paragliding, maybe staying up to see the night sky with your app, right? Um, yeah. Those kind of things, looking down under the water, looking in tide pools. And, oh, I love yeah. a good tide pool. Don't you guys love yeah. tide pools? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I think that's something we can for- we forget sometimes is we just stick to that norm. But there's so many ways to experience the outdoors. And that helps kids get involved. I mean, Julie, did your parents get you involved with nature? I mean, where did your love of parks and nature come from? Well, yeah, I do give my parents a lot of um, credit to that. Um, when I was 13 years old, my I was 13 and my sister was 12. We drove across the United States. Um, we took a three-week trip, sort of maybe a mini version of what you and uh, your mom do now. But yeah. um, we um, and we hit all of these national parks. We I, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, so we drove across the north. We went to the Badlands, Devil's Tower, Yellowstone, out Ooh. to Oregon, and we hit the park national parks in California, and then the Grand Canyon, and came back across uh, through the South. So that definitely um, started my love of the national parks, for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. And because we were doing this all in three weeks, we maybe got to spend like a day or two in a park. So it's been my goal to go back to national parks and actually stay for, you know, five days or longer, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as I can to really get to explore the park. Because you know, it's easy to take the the loop around the park and see things, but you really need to, I think, get out. You need to go and do some hiking. Um, you know, talk to the talk to the rangers. Go to the summer some of the ranger programs to really get the essence of that that national park. 
I, I absolutely agree. Nancy and I have done both sides of that. And it's, you know, it's, um, I hate it when you we do these, the drive-through park experiences, but you get to at least go. So I always tell people, do it. You have that opportunity, take it. It's better than being on the highway the whole time. If you can do that little bit of a taste of something, yeah. plan to go back. But if you didn't do it and something changes in life, you didn't see it. You know what I mean? So it's worth doing, but that's a thing. Yeah. Like I remember doing that in um, Petrified National Forest and we, it was a crazy drive to get there. And it's a whole long story, but anyway, we ended up sleeping in our car outside the gate <laughs> for the park to open. And it was the best star night. I mean, the stars were just like right oh, yeah. there over us and it was beautiful. And the sunrise was incredible. And a school bus came and picked up kids right outside our car. I'm like, wait, there's people here. <laughs> what? Anyway, we went in and, and, and the, you know, the petrified national forest national park is really fascinating with history and the nature, hiking, geology, all the petrified wood and route 66 and native American history. And, um, you've got, you know, petroglyphs and you've got even like, um, what are they called? The late, oh, the Harvey girls, uh, one of the Harvey houses are there, um, of, you know, the history of tourism. And we were there for one day and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is huge. But did I get to go do like a full day hike, overnight hike, camp, stay in the, you know what I mean? It's like, there's probably, like I said, that 20 story thing just from that one day. And I'm like, ah, you know, it's so difficult because those parks just get you, like, you just want to keep coming back and keep coming back. But that's, I don't think you ever see it. 100%. 100%. No, I don't it's think true. you can't. Yeah, you no, can't. But it's okay because you just keep going back and going other places and doing what you can. It's that, you know, that excitement of it. So I know, Kat, for you, I mean, traveling, you know, with your parents too is a big deal and getting out into nature, that's a, that's a big deal. But yeah. what is your next park or next destination, not necessarily park? Um, I love living in Vancouver, so I tend to do more smaller local trips. Um, uh-huh. later, later this week, I'm headed out to Harrison hot springs. It's about a two hour drive east of Vancouver. And then following that, uh, we've got the Okanagan Valley, which is our wine region in BC. So I'll be Ooh. doing some wine tours later this month. Um, keeping it local really until the fall to sort of enjoy all the local things here. That's nice. So on the health and wellness aspect of what you do, wine is okay. We're allowed to do that. Cause you were talking about beach bars <laughs> earlier. I'm like, Wait a minute. We, okay. can, we can beach bar and hike or what's going on? Absolutely. Here? My motto is balance. <laughs> I am all about balance. So if you go for that hike, you eat that burger and you drink that beer. <laughs> yeah. And I take it with me because if you climb a hill or a mountain, you can yeah. sit at the top oh. and eat, eat the leftover pizza and have that glass of wine. I do that. I'm I there. actually went out and bought a picnic backpack that has a wine bottle holder on the side and a blanket on the other. No joke. This is my hiking backpack, you guys. Balance. <laughs> Balance my, is key. I want that glass of wine at the top. <laughs> okay, so this is bad. I've got like a mini backpack purse or handbag. Yeah. That um, is now really a camera bag too, because that's really how, I mean, the way we travel is weird, but it is. Um, and it is also has a secret wine compartment. Mm-hmm. I know those purses. <laughs> I have heard of those purses. And yeah, I so have the backpack back I know. Listen, you never know like where we are and what we're doing, but we're always having a good time. But I figure if you put the sweat equity in, you know, and birds like it when you sit and calm down in nature and you go for a hike, get to an area, have your picnic lunch. This is truly how we travel. You have your picnic lunch, have your champagne. It started with us doing champagne hikes because I think the yeast tell the birds know about the yeast in the champagne hummingbirds come and butterflies they know there's moisture and when you're just sitting and having that picnic time and calm down you can talk and everything not be too crazy loud or anything but just then they start to go oh they're here for a while they're cool oh they're doing this then everybody is there and that's how you get your picture without carrying the giant lens yeah (laughs) i'll have to to utilize that tip because those lenses for birding are heavy yeah, no, I don't do that. I I can't, I can't do that. It's too, too much. You know what I mean? It's like, there's a line, but there's also something about, I think getting the 
close-up shot of a bird or like, oh, here's the close-up of the heron. It's great, but there's something about the landscape of showing the landscape of where you are. So it's in context. So people know mm -hmm. where they live and why it needs to be protected. That's just my soapbox kind of thing about yeah. people seeing mm -hmm. the connectivity of it all. You know, who lives where, not just here's the close-up of the bird that you could see anywhere, yeah. you know? So I don't carry yeah. those big things. No, <laughs> I'd rather carry a champagne bottle. <laughs> I'm with you, Lisa. <laughs> hey, listen, but if you carry champagne, it's heavy. So yeah. do I get like points for that? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And the hard part is going up the hike. So, you know, that's when yeah. you have the extra weight. So yeah. And, yeah, and at that point down. you may roll down and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. You won't care. Julie, where's your next destination? Well, believe it or not, I'm actually going to Chicago. Um, so I'm Ooh. actually doing an urban uh, trip later this month. Um, and then- There's parks there, there's parks. Yes, yes, there are. Um, I love urban parks and, and Stanley Park. And is a lot of water. <laughs> example of that. No, I mean, I crave that. When I'm in a city, I do find that I need to go and I need to find a green space. So, I mean, ah. um, so yeah, I've never really been a tourist in Chicago. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then at the end of the summer, I'm heading to, to Greece. So, ah, oh my yeah. gosh, that's going to be epic. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's going to be super fun. That's going to be super fun. Now, um, the international food, wine, travel writers association has a conference this October and it's on the cruise line with princess cruises going from cat's backyard right. <laughs> in the it water portion is. of it. It yeah. is like, are you going to welcome, like, come over to my house? <laughs> and I joked with everyone. I was like, I can walk from my house to the cruise ship port. I Are you can. kidding? That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, and everyone, Cat is on the board of Iftwa. We say Iftwa, it's far more easier than say yeah, International so Food Travel Writers Association. But you do their social media too, right? I do, correct. Yes. Ah, cool, cool. Now, are you going on the conference? Are you going to be a welcoming committee? Yes, um, I am going on the conference. I'm actually speaking at the conference as well about how to construct cool. a social media strategy as a travel writer. So yeah, I'm very cool. looking forward to the cruise. Oh, that is so cool. So she's going to be the welcoming committee. So as everyone gets on the cruise line, she will be there with coffee and a little tube of mascara for every person. Are you going to teach people how to do mascara? No, I'm not a beauty blogger. I just, I wear the stuff. I don't, I'm not going to teach you how to wear it. <laughs> okay that's it that's her and that and all her tips are hers that's that that's it she'll teach you social media though but that's really cool that you're going to be there and that it's in your backyard I think that's epic and this 360 uh experience uh with princess is going to be awesome for everyone all amazing. the members that are there yeah so everyone it's in October go to ifwtwa.org for that information and um, we have an uh, interview with Amy Piper coming up this month as well. So people can hear more about that. So that's excellent. Julie, are you going to be able to go to the conference? Have you been to one yet? I went to my first IFTWA conference last fall. Um, oh, cool. Oh, in, in Florida. Um, yeah, yeah. It was in St. Pete, which was, um, which was awesome. Um, and I will be on the cruise. Um, I'm going to the conference, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm, we're in the process now of um, signing up for various press trips or um, that are going to be through the cruise. So anxious to see which ones I'll be able to do and also look forward to learning how I can continue to up my uh, social media game with Kat and as well as some of the other lectures that we're going to have. There, it looks like it's a, some great um, presentations that we're going to have um, during the cruise. And I mean, yeah. again, like you've got all the networking and the 360 experience with that yeah. dining experience. That's amazing. That immersive. Yeah. Actually, now I think about it, my trip to Pensacola, I met um, folks from Visit Pensacola at mm -hmm. the IFTWA concerts last fall. So that was my connection to uh, Pensacola. So it's definitely worth going to these events to, to network. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to network and then just being part of the organization too. Mm -hmm. um, I it just I think also what they did during, you know, the pandemic of not stopping and continuing with, you know, webinars and getting everybody connected yeah. that way was excellent. You know, yeah. doing that. I think that's um we you know, we've got all these tools we didn't have 20 years ago. And it's sure. we got to use them. Cat knows all about that. She's like, use it <laughs> and then unplug, right? <laughs> 
yes. and then unplug. <laughs> well, ladies, thank you so much for joining us. It has been a pleasure. As we head off here, I want one tip from you, each of you for someone just getting started in travel writing or photography. So let's start with you, Kat, before you go, what one tip other than sure. coffee? My one tip, if you want to be a travel writer, be persistent and don't take no personally because no one doesn't mean no, it just means not right now. That's ah. my tip. Get used to no's from editors, but it doesn't really mean no. It might mean maybe later. It might mean yes to another publication. Persistency is key for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Julie, yeah. what is your tip? Well, I absolutely echo what um, Kat has to say, but I think what I would add is, you know, finding your tribe, finding a group you can learn from and share information with. IFTWA has certainly been, you know, a, a good resource for that. The Travel Writers Cafe, um, Travel Writers University that, that um, exists as well has been an absolute resource um, for helping to navigate the the ups and downs and the ins and outs of of, of travel writing mm, absolutely excellent. excellent do you want to give everyone your social media or a website julie give everyone your facebook yeah, or instagram sure. my um instagram and uh, facebook is uh c by julie d um and i hope you come and check it out yeah followers it's fun it's fun cat uh you want to give your website or socials whichever sure my all of my socials are Miss Cat Anderson and my blog is coffeeandmascara.org. Yes, .org. Yes. yes, go there, follow. Follow, follow. And ifwtwa.org is a website for IFTWA. And uh, you can keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thank you so much, ladies. Happy Thank and you. safe travels. I can't wait to follow your adventures. I already do, but like, I want so more. Get going, <laughs> get going. <laughs> okay, thanks, Lisa. Thank Bye. you.